can't use that. All right. <laughs> All right. In that case, you can just intro. <laughs> do, you, do you want to have the intro being you laughing and saying we can't use that? Yeah, that sounds good. And we'll leave this bit in as well. Jesus, there's no. <laughs> They're never showing that again. Um... <laughs> Lost God. media right here. Lost media right there. This this podcast is edited. Thank goodness. <laughs> This is why we stopped streaming. <laughs> this is why we stopped doing it live after a few goes. <laughs> oh yeah, Scott will just say anything he wants, it turns out. Uh, welcome to the Nerd and All Geek podcast, episode 75. It's going out on Monday, the 7th of March, 2022. My brother's birthday. Happy birthday. Um, I am your host, Cal Doughty, and I am joined, as always, by a man who couldn't sleep last night after he watched a trailer for a 1975 BBC series on death and rabies for kicks. It's just the sort of thing he does. It's everybody's friend, Scott Hunter! It's me. It's your, you. Your, your favourite. Every favourite yeah. one. I should do a poll at some point. A poll? A poll? <laughs> and just be like, one. which one? Out of who, who, is, who is your favourite one? Uh, I'll add in all the guests we've had as well. And just see what, what people go about. Yeah, they'd love that, wouldn't they? Um, so how are you doing, Scott? I'm all right. Yeah, back um, half term happened. I got some work done. Some, oh yeah, I forgot the half terms of things. I, I had my final research trip. That was okay. My That's where you saw the Macavisham um, petrol station. Is that where you saw the trailer for the 1975 BBC series? Oh no, that that was later. I I, I wish I could have looked. Um, Looked at some more material about that series, but no, it was. Uh, I was looking at more boring documents, but you know, useful, insightful, maybe. So you don't look at those like any more from now on. No, that that is my final research trip now. So I've I've done all the documents. I've looked at all the material that I'm realistically going to have time to look at. Now you've got to actually write the damn thing. Yeah, I mean, I've been writing. I've been writing, um, but I'm I've, now I have no more research to do. How many words you done so far? Um, this year or overall? Overall. Uh, overall, I think I'm about forty-five thousand. Uh, this year, I've it's about fifteen thousand of that. God, okay, well, that's pretty good. It's all right, isn't it? I'm not going too bad. Yeah, you've got to give me that. You've got, to, you've got, to you know, give me you've that. got to give yeah, him yeah. that. You've got to. <laughs> uh, a poll on this week's episode, actually. Uh, have you got to give him that? Have you, have you got to give him it? <laughs> Options being, you've got to, and you've not got to. <laughs> <laughs> so you had a good time doing Wait, option term three, and... not got to, but I will anyway. <laughs> got to, but won't. Option four. Uh, so, okay, so you've, so been, do, you've been doing that. That's, that sounds good. That was good. Um, I've got. We can get into a bit about how Harrow Storm Eunice ruined my life. Which, yeah. <laughs> so the Storm Eunice discussed last time. Storm Eunice was just picking up when we were. Uh, with, it was, with, it was like the eve of Eunice, right? Yeah, uh, when we recorded it. What happened following that? So you, you had your like tournament you were going to go to. I, w- I was going to, on the Friday, I was going to go to work, and then my work's very near a train, the, the train station, so I was going to go straight from work, hop on the train, and go to London uh, for the tournament, bright and early, for the tournament on Saturday. I was going to stay at a hotel. I wasn't going to wait at the tournament location. You are going to stay at a hotel? Fancy. Yeah, I, I booked a hotel nearby. Which is another... Uh, it was what was it? I actually I booked it for two nights, so it cost me like a hundred and seventeen pounds or something That's for two bad. nights. For for central London, I mean, yeah, I say central. It's like a bus ride from Vauxhall Station, but for for fairly central London, fifty pounds a night is about as cheap as you're gonna get. Yeah, that's so pretty good. Was it in a right hotel? 
Yeah, that's right. I stayed there before in October, and it's fine. It's it's it. I'll, I guess I'll give them a shout out. <laughs> <It's> fucking, <laughs> the Church, Church Street Hotel in um, Church Street, Camberwell, um, South London. Now, it's before nice. We, before we get into it any further, what's the breakfast situation like? Uh, it's, so the, the hotel is um, it is Latin American feel. I think because there's a big uh, Colombian um, Latin American community in that area of London, and I think it is operated. It's like a Colombian hotel. Basically, so um, breakfast is continental. Like it's, you get a croissant, you get some like mm. goat's cheese, some like Colombian cheese and ham and so on. Some like uh, Spanish, Latin American pastries. That's not why. Uh, coffee, cereal as well. What do you What do you want from it? You want? Uh, I want fry. I want fry up. I want cooked breakfast. Right. Well, well I had that up. the other week. I stayed at a Premier Inn last weekend. How I'm many hotels you staying up. in? Well. I've had a I've had a spate. I'm not paying you for this podcast. Yeah, no, it's, I'm. You've not got my invoice yet. Uh, <laughs> Three. Years no, I I invoiced your work personally, Callum. I, I put okay. your name on it, but yeah, I invoiced you. Yeah. Uh, I, I've I've had a few weeks of um going to London, or at least I was meant to, as we'll get into that. But I've had a few weeks of going to London um on a few trips for various things. I went last weekend. There was my mate Ed uh, was in town from Singapore, and he doesn't come into town very often. Oh, lovely! So I saw him. That's nice. Do you uh, describe but... it as in town when he's otherwise in Singapore? Well, he he. Like, well, if I said, was... "Oh, oh, my mate, my mate's in town this week," it's because because he's usually just out of town as opposed to in another country. He, he is out of town anyway. He was visiting London. Uh, well, I know he's literally out of town, but yeah, he's in the country. I suppose you could say. Okay, sure. He was in the country, right, <laughs> which well. hasn't happened since before pandemic. Okay. So that was nice to see him and his wife. Um, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> What were we talking about? Uh, I was going. I was going. My, my my plan was. To, I'm going to go off on tangents in this podcast. I decided this is the tangent episode, to go which, is, which from, is annoying because we've got a lot to get through. <laughs> to go straight from uh, work to the train station and so on. Friday morning comes around, so Friday evening happens, and then I get a text late at night from the college, uh, being like, "We've asked students not to come in tomorrow due okay. to." Uh, Due to um, the storm, but it's really unclear. It said work from home if possible, but I can't really work from home because even if I'm not serving students directly, any admin that I could do is still located in the office. I had no work from home facility, and it, it was very unclear as to whether I was expected to go in or not. Yeah, but so um, did you did you go in? No, I did. So I woke up. I had to wake up and kind of, you know get ready. Uh, yeah, well, I'm almost a student. I'm near enough a student. I, could, I don't have to go in either. Uh, basically, about half an hour before I would have had to have left, my, I got a text being like, no, the whole college... The college is properly shut to everyone. Don't go in. Okay, yep. Um, which was slightly frustrating, of course, because if, I had, if they'd acted earlier and they'd made the decision like the middle of the day before rather than 11 o'clock at night on Thursday to close the college, I could have just travelled Thursday night and that yeah. would have been a lot... Any, but whatever. Uh, basically, I spent most of fri Friday morning being like, "Should I go?" Like, because there were like warnings up, and it was like, kind of advising you not necessarily to travel. And I was like, "It's not. I maybe shouldn't go, but I spent money on this hotel. Like, um, I want to go to this tournament." So I was kind of in two minds about it. But then it got to a point at like one thirty, um, the whole train line shut down basically. So oh, the decision okay. was made for me, and then. I woke up 5am Saturday morning being like, okay, maybe because 
maybe the trains will get running again. No, no one knew, of course, but he didn't know how long it would take them to clear the line. So I was like, well, I'm going to wake up as early as possible and just see if I can actually get an early train. Couldn't at all. The trains didn't resume until like Saturday afternoon. So I was feeling pretty bad about it. I didn't get to go to my tournament. I spent money on a hotel, which I didn't stay in. Um, that so you, didn't, you couldn't annoying. get money back either? Um, no, I couldn't because I booked... Um, you know, the non-flex oh, I feel bad hotel. for asking all about the breakfast and stuff now. I should have waited <laughs> for the story first. There we go. But teach me to book up the non-flex rate. But there yeah, we go. absolutely. But you, ne- you never think you'll need it, did you? But um... I feel like after the whole... After? Uh, from the whole pandemic thing, uh, I feel like everyone's now going to like enter any sort of booking stuff as like, a, we should we should do f- like flexible just in case. Mm-hmm. Apart from you, apparently. Apart from me, I when, did. When did you book I mean, this? I booked the hotel like a couple of weeks before I was due to go. Okay, so it wasn't like uh, so. it wasn't like a couple of days before you went to go with storm no. was happening. You're like, oh, I, just, well, I won't book yeah. it on the flex. Anyway, but the good news is uh, there was another Warhammer tournament happening in Cheltenham, oh. which I went to. <laughs> so what I did, so I I did remember that like, oh yeah, so guy at gaming club will ta- invited me to this tournament. So I just people play texted. Warhammer in other places. Yeah, there, there there is always, but there was a tournament going on that same weekend. So. This will not be a tournament report London Open 20, February 2022. This will be a tournament report War in the Hidden Realms Cheltenham February 2022. If you were wanting a tournament report from the London Open 20, February 2022 and I'm afraid um, you, you will have to get your refunds, uh, please write in and we'll send refunds Contact out. Contact the Church Street Hotel. Yeah. <laughs> They'll give you your refunds. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't actually do that. Don't sue me, Church Street Hotel. <laughs> they're, they're, they're a nice place. They okay. can't sue you if you say don't sue me. Ba- basic start. but nice. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's not libel. That's my honest opinion. Basic but nice. That's how I get described a lot of the time. Yeah. Anyway, so I did actually go to a Warhammer tournament. Before I describe that Warhammer tournament, do you want to describe what's been happening in your life? Because you've had your own miseries. Yeah, I got COVID. Oh, did did your roof blow off? My roof didn't oh. blow off but, to but start with, but I did get the COVID. roof blew off yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The sickness blew the roof off of the old CD over here. Cal Doughty, that's me. <laughs> um, so I got I got COVID. Uh, I probably got it from someone at work. So the Friday after we record, no, no, two weeks ago, two weeks, two weeks tomorrow. Two weeks last Friday, yeah. when this goes out on mon- on the Monday, um, <laughs> time. Uh, I went out for some drinks with some work pals after work. It was just just the four of us, but we went to the pub, and then Monday morning. So nothing out over the weekend, but Monday morning, I woke up with a cough, and I was like, it, like, it just appeared from nowhere, just like this this sort of like just a sort of persistent cough, which was weird. Did lateral flow test, came back completely negative, completely fine. Okay, maybe I've just got a cold because those still exist and I've had a cold recently. Um, Tuesday, cough still around. I think, okay, I'll do another lateral flow test just to be safe. Bam. Most clear, positive, like, li- mm-hmm. gave it like 30 seconds. It was like, yeah, you got it. You got COVID. I don't know why the, why the, why the Monday one was like uh, negative completely, but the Tuesday one was like, yeah, you've 100% got it. You are full on COVID. And then I just had it and it was not the most pleasant thing in the world. Uh, come Wednesday and it had like progressed from there. I could not really 
breathe particularly well. I was getting through, I was going like partway through a sentence, I'd just have to go and then be like breathing and just carry on my sentence. So if we wouldn't, if, if we wanted to do a podcast that week and we would not have been able to, I just about managed to film my video as the, as the symptoms, uh, sorry, record my video as the symptoms ran out. I'd already filmed it a week or so before. Uh, we'll get to that in a bit. And it was just not a good time. I was able to work and everything from home, which was fine. And it didn't impact me in terms of like sort of existing but it was not pleasant and my partner got it off me obviously uh and she's had it significantly worse than me i I would not wish it upon anyone you both had it worse than me yeah you you got off easy by the sounds of it you just had a sniffle for a bit didn't you i had a day exactly yeah it was weird though is that a few days in, like one day, my symptoms just lessened, and then the following day, just gone completely. Like I've got a little bit of a, a little bit of a cough now, occasionally when I when I speak too much, but otherwise, I maybe feel better than when I first had it. Sort of like came <laughs> okay. in and sort of just like cleared out the old system, you know. It's or, like one of those massages that they go really hard. Yeah, yeah, and then afterwards you're like, yeah, I feel pretty good. Yeah, um, it was. Yeah, so I finally had it. It's uh, just as restrictions got lifted. So I has, I did the PCR on Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, the NHS contacted me to be like, you cannot go outside. You have to stay inside. We need to know everyone you've ever seen in the past two weeks. Like We need to know exactly everywhere you want to go. It was a like really invasive questioning. And I get why they had to do it. But it was just like, the following day, they then sent me a follow-up message being like, new restrictions, you can go outside if you want. <laughs> I was like, yep. but, we, but we recommend that you don't. I was like, well, don't worry, I'm not going to. Uh, I did not. I mean, you wouldn't have gone outside anyway. Even well, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you don't need, you don't need to tell me twice to stay inside. Um, so we, I, I stayed inside until I got two negative lateral flow tests, as I would recommend anyone do, because the idea of passing that on to someone who is immunocompromised, or even just other people in general, doesn't seem like a good thing. The idea that people are just meant to now go about their day. Just go do whatever if you've got COVID. Just go outside. Just go mix with people. Fine, whatever. I just I just can't get... Legally, you're allowed to. Morally, I would say you are not allowed to. And you, the... you'll, you'll judge them. I will, <laughs> I will judge them on this podcast. As long as you listen to this podcast, you're not allowed outside with COVID. Yeah, that, you heard it here. That's the decision. So I've... um. That's been my past week and a bit. I've, I've I left my house for the first time in a week and a bit yesterday. Uh, it turns out when you're cooped up inside against your will, not that fun. Mm. Like it's it's just that you suddenly feel a bit claustrophobic. Like I, I handled yeah, lockdown I, I, fine because lockdown I could sort of I could go for walks and things, but I suppose I technically could have done with with COVID, but I'd feel worse about that. It was just. Yeah, I just, I just suddenly felt like, don't like this. So my partner's been inside since even longer than that. You know, she's she's still inside because um, she didn't go outside when I first got it. In case, I'm, in case I'm, she I'm had quite it, quite amazed that she not got it already. But she's works for the NHS. Yeah, exactly. I, um, I guess they have to be super safe, don't they? Yeah, exactly. So I don't they, know why I'm that surprised. Yeah, they 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 they're always trying to keep themselves from getting I, illness. I, I I I admit I don't actually know anything. <laughs> just just ignore that. <laughs> Finally, he admits it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's been my week. Tell me about your Warhammer tournament. All right, it was good. So I went. It was um, 
hosted in Cheltenham uh, by the Cheltenham War Chiefs Gaming Club, uh, which I tend to go to. Cheltenham um, War Chiefs Gaming Club? Yeah. Okay, interesting. It's just for Cheltenham Gaming Club. Um, yeah, it was good. So it was a charity tournament to raise money for a mental health charity. Um, so, you know, like like most Age of Sigmar tournaments, um, your average Age of Sigmar tournament is probably a charity tournament at some time. It's, it's, sometimes it's not very competitive. But there were about 14 of us there. Um, and I had five really fun games. And I won three and I lost two. So I came out ahead. Very good. I won about 60 dice in a raffle. They do, they do a uh, raffle, do they? There was a charity raffle. Of course. Uh, so, so if you're in the raffle. UK and there's a charity event going on, you <laughs> can guarantee it's going to be a raffle. Yeah. So and, um, what what were the prices in the raffle? Uh, so they, uh, basically a bunch of like donations and, um, and stuff. There were a few. There was um, a big box game, like an American Civil War game, uh, which was fun. I didn't get that one. Oh, you there was like that? some. I, I would have actually taken yeah. that would be my first choice, but I didn't get it. Uh, there were some like Warhammer kits, of course. There was um, just some other knickknacks, board, a few board games, and so on, and um, like a bunch of packets of like uh, Warhammer dice, which I, I... say crisps. Then no, that would have that, that's fine. Um, <laughs> I I might I when my three of my tickets came up and I picked up the sixty dice in total. So that's not yeah. that's not made, made that came out ahead sixty yep. dice. Um, 60 dice. That's a lot of dice. Yeah. Oh, okay. Very good. Uh, so I played my Saves to Darkness list. Um, my plan was I had some big units. My plan was to be tough. My plan was to be fast. My plan was to get in their face and do a lot of damage. Okay. And I mostly did that. It was yeah. good. I, I beat a list of Dragon Riders, which was fun. And Dragon Riders are pretty scary right now in the Age of Sigma game. Uh, I can picture you nodding along, by the way. I am <laughs> nodding along. <laughs> you, it's you true. Know, um, what, I, who else do I... I, I lost against the Luminef Round Lords because who well, you're, of course you're going to lose about of course of course oh mate you don't you you know when the Luminef Round Lords get on the table you don't Luminef Round Lords Luminef Realm Lords Luminef Realm Lords not Round yeah. Lords okay Realm no Realm Lords Realm Lords yeah. okay but uh, Round Lords would be a good one though. Round Lords um, would be good uh, there was another Stormcastus I lost against uh, but I did win against. Um, I guess Dragon Rider list, I won against a Nurgle list, and I won against a... What was the other list I beat? Okay. Um, <clears throat> Why are they called lists? Uh, because, you, because when you make your army, you write it out in a list. Oh, so it's just called... Okay, yep, that's the obvious explanation game for that. Game term, a, te a <laughs> yeah. technical gaming term. Okay. Um, uh, did I win against like Mirror Archeon? I can't remember. Mirror um, Archeon? I I think no I, no I didn't in the London Open I was scheduled my first game would be someone playing nearly exactly the same list as me no, uh, nice. but of course I never I never oh, made yeah, it to that appointment. Did I ever talk about my history playing Pokemon semi professionally? Uh, semi -professional. The, po the, po the Pokemon tournament uh, I went you, to. You've was not like a professional talked Pokemon about tournament. this on the podcast. It just uh, makes me think of that. We'll go to that in a minute. You carry on with your story. Right. That's fine. Um, I saw a man and his son playing Pokemon cards in a cafe. That was very wholesome. That's nice. It. That was nice. Um, yeah. So anyway, one more than I lost. That was fun. I had five very close games, um, which is what you want at a tournament. It means we were playing around the same level and I had a really good time. So shout out to all the Chapman Warchiefs guys. I think we raised about £600 for that charity, which what was charity? all right. All right for a weekend. What was um, so say which charity? Yeah. Which charity? Uh, it is. Let me look up the <laughs> document. Um, 
Well, it's just for charity, you know. It was just for a charity. I don't, I don't know why you're asking go, all these they're questions. They're going because uh, it's because it's a podcast, it's a conversation, Scott. I'm asking, I'm asking <laughs> well, the questions the listeners who, may who, be asking themselves. Who are who are you, the HMRC? <laughs> <laughs> all these questions. All these bloody where the money's gone. They're they're. They've gone to the shops the day after and bought themselves a new Converse. That's what's happened, Scott. Yeah. A charity called Tick Plus. Tick uh, Plus. T-I- T-I-C Plus. Counselling Services in Gloucestershire. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, right. I'll, I'll... So there you go. Formerly Teens in Crisis. So that'll be the it's... Tick stuff there. Yeah, okay, very good. good. All right, yeah. I'm bored cool. with that. Yeah, so it was good. I would. I mean, I enjoy Age of Sigma. I think it's a really fun game. Um, and I had a great time. So if you... Um, are in Cheltenham for a tournament? Go were ahead, they pop, were they all on. friendly? Yeah, everyone's. I mean, I knew most of them because I come. You know, I go to the club quite regularly. Uh, but yeah, all friendly bunch. Um, Age of Sigmar is a pretty friendly scene. The chud level in Age of Sigmar is very low. If you know what I mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. Uh, you know, <laughs> but for games, those who but... don't, the listeners who maybe don't know what you mean, that's hypothetically. Uh, a, a, ch- a chud is like you know, like a basement dweller, right winger, yeah. um, like trumper, kind of four chaner chud. Yeah. So you know, a chud, uh, a chud. some, a, a that guy, one of those guys, a chud, a, a cannibalistic um... humanoid underground dweller. <laughs> I'm glad that the people there are nice because the my experience playing games in sort of tournament sense, like I did with Pokemon. When you went to a Pokemon tournament, when I went to so a nice. Pokemon tournament, the people there were not particularly nice. Um, people got uh, really that's Pokemon. Pokemon attracts some proper neeks. It does, doesn't it? I don't know. I don't understand. For a game that's meant to be about friendship and everything, is it pro- like really get some people who are just absolute knobheads? One person acted as if she was Gary himself. Um, in the, 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 my last match against someone, she like she defeated me. Like she, I, you, you choose four Pokemon each as doubles battles, and I may, I maybe took out one of her Pokemon, and the rest of her like hers take out took out all of my Pokemon. Which fine, she was significantly better than me. She was better prepared, and she just went. Oh, I thought my last match was going to be a challenge, and then walked off. <laughs> Which is just like she carried you. She carried me. Oh, I thought this would have been a challenge. Gone, like, like just the most serious thing in the world. I'm like, I'm sorry, you're carrying around a plush of a fucking axe, you, you nerd. Do you, Do you think that they rehearse these lines? Like, probably. Like, just I like bet she just has like, a phrase game, that she says or at the end. A line if they yeah. win or lose. Yeah, absolutely. I bet. I, I 100. So that was bad. There were just sort of general people who were just like one person walked around with a posse following him, and they would just glare at me like they go, the two, yeah. two, no, two, two people. And they go, yeah, you tell him, boss. Essentially, two people <laughs> were stood either side of this guy, just glaring at me while we did a Pokemon battle. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just getting floods of memory coming back now, which is just insane. Just like, what are you doing? Some people were, were very pleasant to to play with, and like, and that was all nice, but. The people who get involved in these scenes just think that they're like in the show, and it's honestly just the most bizarre thing ever. It really put me off. Um, so I'm glad that War- the Warhammer scene is the Warhammer Age of Sigmar scene. I can't comment on 40k. I think 40k is all right, but um, especially which one, in person. Which one do you reckon th- has all the like, the chuds in it? Uh, the, the chud rate in 40k is higher. I would definitely say that. Of our in person, I've not really met any 40k chuds in the London scene when I played. I didn't really play loads of 40k but um, I didn't I didn't meet any chuds while I was there but I think you get a few more online. I've heard more 40k stories. 
40k chuds in the london scene is a name of a rap song guarantee it <laughs> oh nice um <laughs> i'm thinking of selling my 40k stuff wow really yeah, well, mainly because I'm pretty much playing Age of Sigmar exclusively now. Yeah. Um, 40k, I'm not super, and I don't. I think after now that pandemic is like lessening, um, I don't really have time to do two war games. Yeah. Um, but also, I'm gonna keep my Imperial Guard army because I have faith that one day they will be good. And um, <laughs> one day they'll just gonna get. They're they're busy like training right now, are they? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the new book will come out one day. And oh, okay. I will... And they will be good, maybe, and I might play some games of 40k. But I've got, from when I first got into it, I've got some Space Marines, I've got some Necrons um, that I'm just not doing anything with, and I'm never going to play. And I think I calculated I'm sitting on between probably like three to five hundred pounds worth Jesus. of like Space Marines and Necrons, um, because I painted most of them as well, and they're pretty good paint jobs, if I do say so. So I feel like I can probably sell... They are um, good paint jobs as well, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, so I feel like I can. They will probably go for decent. Just look, I had a cursory glance of what um, the actual like ended auctions on eBay and like what the stuff I have has been going for. And yeah, I probably have a good few hundred pounds worth that I can just like shift. So have I you, might. Have you seen that house move advert where it's like people going, "Yeah, I don't wouldn't ever sell my house." Just like the people who live around me. Then so then they're, they're like they're like hapless husband shows them what their their house would be going for on Zoopla or whatever, and they go. Then again, I hate those people anyway. Uh, to sort of suggest, oh, I've seen the money. I want to go now. Is that what you're? What's happened here? Um, not quite. No, it's not. I don't think it's in the same league, is it? Matter. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> do you just want to talk about that advert? I just came to mind. Would you sell your house if you saw what it was worth? No. <laughs> you very recently did see what it was worth because you bought it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just over a year ago. <laughs> uh, similar, probably similar to then, I'd imagine. <laughs> Although house uh, prices are going up, so somehow they, they say some say they will go up forever, Cal. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I'm just not, in, I don't, in, I don't, in I don't personally, agree, I don't personally agree with it, but I mean, I, I, I agree with it because it's happening, but I don't like. I'm not necessarily all right with it. You agree that it exists. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't, you don't yeah. agree it's necessarily sustainable. No, I mean, I obviously, I, I want to... I, I don't want to lose money on my house, obviously, but um, the idea of it being like an investment which you then just make money off of in perpetuity is it just feels kind of gross, you know? Like it's, It would be nice if housing was a public utility. A hundred percent. There's two kinds and, of people in this yeah. in the world, Scott. Uh, you know, they talk about like different classes and things. I, I don't I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think there's two kinds of people. Those who want house prices to go up and those who want house prices to go down. You might say that they're two classes of people with different interests. Yeah, a hundred percent. Exactly <laughs> that. Some people play 40k. Some people play Age of Sigma. Sigma. And they have different, fundamentally different interests. Yeah. Society can't exist for both of them in it. Exactly. Yeah, one must go. And you've chosen to sell your 40k to, to bring it full yeah. circle. So look out for that soon on eBay, maybe. <laughs> how you... do I calculate? Tell me this. How do I calculate how much did it cost to ship something? I couldn't tell you. I as As someone who once had someone not want to go on another date with him... Because he thought the post office might be open on Easter I, Sunday. I, I love that story. Uh, <laughs> I'm not the person to ask about post shipping. <laughs> oh. uh, for for context for that story, I, I, I might have told this on the podcast before. I don't I don't know, but um, I once dated someone who was uh, well, no, I only went on a date or two with them. Uh, who was who was a a few years older than me, 
they were in their early 30s. I was in my mid-20s at this point. And I... It was Easter Sunday. And my my slip to pick up a parcel did say that the parcel, op- that parcel office was open on a Sunday. And so I went there to pick up my parcel. And it was closed because it was Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday. And I told her this. And then, like, and, and, I, and you told her this, uh, you know, from your story, as uh, just like a, a funny incident. Like, oh yeah, I'm walking home because I did but, this. But, you know, yeah, this is like, oh, oh, you know, what am I like? Yeah, what am I like? Easter Sunday. Guess it's not open. I've, uh, I've not had to go get a pass on us. I've not tried to get a pass on a Sunday before. I didn't put two and two together. Whatever. Um, and she took that to be. Uh, a breaking point. <laughs> she, she, she's like, I just, she was like, I just, there's just so much I'd have to teach you. I think at that point, the age thing became like a problem. I, I think she was looking for a way out. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. She was looking for anything to stay. And then that was like the final read that she could. Uh, <laughs> no, she, she wanted to stay. <laughs> I should call her. Uh, so it's, yeah, so that's, that's my, that's, I, I I love that. What were we talking about? <laughs> uh, so, anyway, uh, so tell me a bit about Horizon Forbidden West. So I've been playing a game called Horizon Forbidden West, which I've is... heard, Callum, that it stars a very unrealistic woman. Yeah. Um, it... but, so I've so heard from the gamers. Yeah. They, they don't like that the woman looks like a normal person. Looks like a normal person. So what I will say about Horizon Forbidden West is it's a beautiful game to look at. The design of characters is incredible and people look like people. What's great is like the skin tech that they've got where it looks like people actually have skin. Like like Aloy, the main character, her cheeks are like flush with, you know, when you've been running and your cheeks got all red and stuff, That she's got, she's got that. She's got a bit of like, sorry, a little bit of... um sort of hair on her face as, as people tend to which has upset the gamers um and so in terms of like a technical showcase it is very good in that regard um it is a sequel to horizon forbid uh, horizon zero dawn which came out a week before breath of the wild and i would describe it as a game that i'm enjoying as a frustrating experience um okay why, why is it frustrating? It's a it's an open world game, like a big open world game that takes a like it's it's got things like a paraglider and things similar to Breath of the Wild, which for a game that previously came out a week before Breath of the Wild, this one has learnt nothing none of the lessons of it. I feel I feel like any sort of open world game releasing post Breath of the Wild either goes the Ubisoft method of just like shit chucked everywhere towers to scan things open and that's sort of like getting a bit boring and done or you go the exploration method like like breath of the wild has where you're you're the what you're gaining from this world is your ability to to explore it at your own pace which is what Elden ring has done recently as well and it very much just stuck to the ubisoft method and that's just kind of i just it's just kind of like done for me no i'm still playing it i'm still enjoying it but and i'm enjoying the specific side quests but i'm not really exploring much i'm sort of going to the places where i need to go because it chucks a big old thing on your map to say you must go here for the quest and then you go to the place with the quest and it's and then you do the quest stuff and it's 
Do, do you feel like it lacks something special? It lacks a wow factor. It does, and it's it's. I mean, it has got some wow factors in that, like the actual combat. Like you, you're fighting these big machines, um, uh, these sort of like big machine creatures, and it's it's the actual combat is like it's like playing a massive open world monster hunter. Like you're diving around, you're shooting your bow at them. There's specific parts of them you can break off and things. That's exhilarating and fun, but it's the same exhilaration and fun that the first game had. All the things that are good in Forbidden West, other than the way it looks, were things that were good in the first game. And all the things that are bad in Forbidden West are the things that were bad in the first game. It's like they've not really took any lessons from that whatsoever. They just thought it was successful and thought, let's make another one of them. It's another one. It's another one of them. And, and um, if you liked the and- first one, you'll probably like this one. But I just, I just find that kind of frustrating that you wouldn't learn any lessons to try and make it... I, I sort of go above and beyond that, I guess. And do, do, do you have a PS5? Yeah, I have a PS5. Yeah. Uh, how how does it on the PS5? It looks it good. Look- it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It, okay. it, it plays so well. It runs really well. It's absolutely stunning. Easily easily one of the best looking games I've ever made. But so that's it's fun to experience from a technical like standpoint. But that's not the be all and end all of a game, you know. Like it's it's hmm. it's it's annoying because it is a fun game that I'm enjoying and playing. And I'm going to continue playing it. I'm about, I'm about halfway through it. But I'm playing it in like hour and a half at a time. And then I'll happily go do something else. It's not something like like Pokemon uh, Legends Arceus. I played about 30 hours in the space of a week. And I think for the Pokemon Legends comparison is quite interesting. Because yeah. Horizon Forbidden West, probably from a technical perspective, it's like bigger, you know, looks better, obviously. Yeah. But like a more technically accomplished open world. And yet Pokemon Legends... It's captured you more. Absolutely. And it's not just because it's Pokemon, you know, it's 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 I, I do like open world games. Um it's just it this feels it's maybe sort because of it's Pokemon playing Legends it just, maybe was like innovating on its existing franchise. Exactly that. Right? And and this very much is not innovating on its existing franchise other than looking nice, which is all well and good, but I don't need a screensaver for a game. I want a game to be good first and foremost. The other issues is that it does the PlayStation first party thing which they do with all of their first-party games, which it treats itself, takes itself very seriously. I'm, I'm, Cal, I'm, every week, you either say a game's taking itself too seriously or not seriously enough, <laughs> and I'm really, what, what's a magic formula for you? I don't know. Um, but what, what the magic formula is, I'm, I'm gonna, we're gonna, okay, you know what? Skip forwards 10 minutes, because I'm not going to be afraid of getting into some spoilers for Forbidden West at this point, and I'll tell you exactly why I'm take- this thing's taking itself too seriously, so we can get to the bottom about what I actually mean about this. Some background on the story of Horizon is you play a character called Aloy, um, it is set a few thousand years into the future in a post-post-apocalypse. The world's been wiped out, and it's regrown, and he'll sort of slap down in it. Turns out Aloy is the real is like a, a clone of someone called Elizabeth Sobek, who was someone who formed this system called Gaia, who was which was responsible for rebuilding the entire world. So Gaia, over the course of a few thousand years, did all these calculations and then created these machines, which have basically terraformed the landscape and allowed people to live once again. And Aloy is the a clone of the person who invented that system because there's a as an error in the system which has caused one of these little um, offshoots of Gaia to start causing these machines that are meant to be terraforming to start attacking people and to start trying to basically cause extinction on Earth. 
Um, so Aloy is the only person who can access these systems in order to bring them down. So she's the super special one, and everything she her her whole personality is that everything she does is right. Like there's there's nothing that Aloy does. Aloy can be rude, she can be brash, but at no point is she ever wrong for doing so. It's always the other person who is wrong because Aloy's just doing the right thing all the time. And that's kind of boring to me. Like I just find her as a character to be kind of one note and boring and there's nothing interesting about someone who's just constantly right about everything they're doing without necessarily it's like it's like having imagine if Korra in Legend of Korra if all of her brash and rudeness never got called out and every every character just went oh yeah I guess you're right and it turns out she was right you know it's it's that sort of thing whereas there's no lessons for her to learn or anything so that's like one annoyance and that, that just carries on very much through this game apart from this game she's already succeeded in stopping the big bad and now she's just got to figure out some some way to reboot everything. So she knows that she's the special one. She goes into this being like, yeah, I'm the shit. I can do all this thing. And it's it's just kind of frustrating. But then midway through the story, and it, that's that's quite an interesting premise, I think, for like, a, for like a story in terms of like a post-post-apocalypse and the way the world has gone from there. But midway through this story, the big twist happens and... <laughs> The two words I'll use to sort of like sim- sim- simplify it in a way, and it it treats this all completely seriously, by the way. It treats this like it's the most serious thing in the world. Um, Aloy's evil twin shows up. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. I'm actually suddenly a lot more interested. Uh, evil, she's got an evil twin. Uh, and it plays it completely straight. In like, So it's not actually, it's another clone of Aloy that's been created. So before this game, back in the past, before the world went to shit, one offset of humanity, every, every, every human died, apart from a, few, a small <laughs> offset of humanity, yeah. which shot a spaceship into space to try and survive up there in the hopes that one day they'll come back down to Earth. All the, all the record books suggest, hey, that spaceship exploded, these people didn't survive, but it turns out they did survive, and now they're back to take their planet back. And these people are the most campy, cartoonish sci-fi villains. Like, they're exclusively villains. They're not doing, like, a, oh, we deserve this planet too thing. They're just the most villainous fucks ever who just come and sort of put an error in the machine to wipe out... They're They're causing the extinction, basically. And so they show up, and this is a game which is like got a lot of, like, tribal uniforms. It's, It's people who have grown out of the ruins of the old world and are just picking up things and sort of going as 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 they are aloy fights with a bow and a spear against um these robot creatures and then these fuckers show up these sci-fi guys and they've got these slick leather suits they can move things with their mind and it's just like a complete juxtaposition to everything else going on in this game and they, they look like they're out of the fifth element and they and it plays it completely straight and at no point goes like acts as if this is even in any way campy or fun, even though like it absolutely is like the campiest thing ever. It thinks it's telling the most important story to ever be told, and it's just kind of frustrating. And that's my issues with it. That's what I mean when things go too seriously, is when they're not actually aware of the story that they're telling, or they think that the story they're telling is some sort of big, important thing, when actually it's just kind of silly. And that's my issues with Horizon Forbidden West, a game which I'm enjoying otherwise 
until you get to the story. Oh, and they've got they've got one of these clones of Aloy, and the, all you see of her is she just shows up and she's just like Aloy, but on the evil side. So I'm calling her Evil Twin because that's the simplification. That's the simplification of what that story basically is. It's silly, but the minute to minute, I enjoy playing the game at least. So there's that. Horizon Forbidden West. It's more of the same with a more dumb story. Uh, I'll see what I'll see how maybe it sticks to landing. Maybe, maybe some at some point it will get a sense of humor. Maybe it will tell a couple of jokes. I don't know. So if you own a PS5, um, it's out on PS4 I guess as well. Elden, I, I guess Elden Ring is out now, so I guess you you have no reason to play it. Yeah, I mean Elden Ring's not really for me either, though. Is the only thing that's I don't that seems like another Dark Soulsy game, and I always bounce off of those. As much as Elden Ring I, like seems like a new Breath of the Wild type thing. I know it's also a Dark Souls and the surface. I will surface. play Elden Ring if they ever patch for PC version. Yeah, they're working on it, I think. But I've heard bad things about be. the PC version. <laughs> um, yeah, it's Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, again. I mean, to be fair, now with Demon Souls and Elden Ring, you've got two reasons to buy the PS5. I yeah. don't know how many games FromSoft will have to make before the PS5 becomes worth buying. Is, uh, is it only worth buying with FromSoft games on it? Um, I can't think of anything else I want to play on PS5. I think Ratchet fair. and Clank, maybe. Ratchet and Clank's very good. Um, I mean, Horizon is, is on is... PS4, to be uh, fair. I don't know. What else is on the PS5? Uh, Exclu- exclusively, exclusively not, not a lot. They've, they've had to yeah. change like track because they just can't get enough of them produced. Yeah, I mean, somebody have said that like they're going to continue releasing PS4 games. Because like, I mean they have definitely. to, don't they? Yeah. Like it's otherwise yeah. you're just selling your games to a fraction of an audience, which Although the idea that these games could just be scaled down for PS4 is is I don't know. Uh I've not I've not really thought I mean, about those things. I mean but then you have um you know, like in the case of Elden Ring, the PS4 version launching with really quite bad performance. Yeah. Uh, although the, I mean, all the versions of Elden Ring, from what I understand, launch with bad performance. Yeah. And the best way to play Elden Ring, from what I understand, is to play the PS4 version on the PS5, <laughs> and that'll give you the best. Like that'll give you a lock sixty frames per second. Apparently, so um, it's all weird, Scott. I Elden Ring, by the way, while we're, while we're talking about it, uh, the highest selling game or the highest launch of a game that's not FIFA or Call of Duty since Red Dead Redemption Two. Wow. That's nuts, isn't it? For like a From Software game, yeah, it's it's done. Really it's massive. it's doing massively well. So that, I mean, that's not counting kind of Nintendo games because Nintendo don't release those figures, but it's doing it's doing massively well. So uh, maybe you, if it goes if it goes on sale at all, like for like twenty five pounds, I could probably see myself picking up Elden Ring, playing half and of it, and thinking maybe this time. Yeah, and thinking maybe so. I, I I would play enough hours and then bounce off where I'd feel like it's been worth it. But I just, I just, I, I've always bounced off of those games, like about ten hours in, every single time. I get, I, I, I have a fun seven hours, and then three very frustrating hours where I'm just like, no, I'm not into this. And, and it's that, so it's that Tobias and Lindsay Arrested Development moment. Like, does it ever work? No, no, of course not. But it might work this time, and it's just every single time with those from software games. Uh, so look forward to about five months' time where I play Elden Ring and then complain that I've bounced off of it, <laughs> even though I knew I wouldn't like it. Talk to me about Tycho Pieces. Oh, this is me just like complaining, but they okay. they released a new Tycho no Tatsujin game. I played it. Drum rhythm game. I you played, played it, it on. It also released for Series X. 
Alright, so they released it, it came out for PC, it was on Game Pass, so I thought I'll download it and give it a go. Uh, okay, this is just me going to be complaining about okay. this game. Yep. So, so you don't, first like, you don't all, like it? Okay. Like, I could barely bloody play it, that's the thing. I, so, talk about not liking it. First of all, when you release a game, first impressions really count in my book. Yeah. And in that, so, don't when I load up the game... Please don't confront me with three different Eulers that I need. That oh, I yeah, must that, was, that, down was and like sign. that was annoying. Because you're making me feel like I'm going through a border security checkpoint yeah. just to play this game. Like, what the fuck do you need me to agree to just to play this video game? Yep. That's, uh, I wonder if, like, because I'm seeing more and more of these with, like, loads of games that I have to play is these these Eulers that you've got to sign. I wonder what law got passed in which country... Probably, I mean, it's probably an EU law, to be fair. Um, that demands we, we, is any we sort of like online control play. Count. We're meant to take. We're meant to be <laughs> free of Brussels now, and we're still ruining our lives. <laughs> so that's your first complaint: is the, right, so is the so EULAs that maybe they legally have to put? Let on me there. do that on the install screen, mate. Okay, okay yeah, fair, all right. But second of all. Don't make the second thing I see when you open your when I open your game a message about how much DLC I can buy. I uh, did I see that on the Xbox version? I don't. I couldn't tell you again. I one of those things where I probably couldn't tell you where to buy the DLC, but um, right. I believe you. But like biggest um, biggest barrier is I plugged in my drum controller that I got with the Switch game. Yep. Um, doesn't fucking have any native PC support, doesn't what? have any, it's a USB device, yeah. but it doesn't have my PC detects, no, my PC detects Tyco drum controller, and if I go into my PC settings, all the buttons are working, Tyco no Tatsujin PC doesn't let me map those buttons to anything, doesn't natively recognise the drum controller, doesn't feature any control mapping. That's mad. What? What? Uh, so but that's like so the whole thing, right? Yeah, that's the whole thing. Um, man, this seems to be a thing with every new like Tyco no Tetsujin release. It doesn't recognise any previously released controllers, and it's just fucking bonkers. Yeah, it's, that's yeah, that's so, really bizarre. Because you, so you, you, you got the um, there was like an adventure game, was an it? adventure one. And okay, I get that the adventure one. It was an adaptation of a 3DS game. It was a port of a 3DS. Okay, so. Still, I think they should have put in the work. I, I I don't know how much work it would have actually been to like code in that support because I get that there is you know I don't know exactly how they're like porting it, but like come on, you're releasing a drum rhythm action game for Switch, but a console with a drum controller. Why can't you um, make the drum controller work with the main game? Yeah, um... but. But this one has no excuse. Just not. It's going out for PC and features no like controller remapping options. I'm looking. I'm trying to look for this because that just seems really bizarre to me. Like that wouldn't be an option. So I've just searched Tyco no in PC drum support, and no one's mentioning it. So it's do mad. people just not have the? I mean, I guess people just don't have the drums. I right? saw a few forum threads, but yeah, there's basically. You got you got to download like go looking for a third party remapper program. And... Madness! You shouldn't have to do. No, that. I know. I know that's anyway. part. Of the, I know that's part of like the PC experience for some games, but I mean less so now than it used to be, though, right? 
Yes, that's the story of how I didn't play a single song from that game, but gave up in frustration. So it's got some good songs. No, on it. it's got um. I want one, love of, the, it. one of the Naruto themes on it, which is pretty good. But, uh, unfortunately, um, what's called Bando Nankai, Nam, 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 Nando Bangai, Bandai Namco, ba- ba- Namco Namco Bandai. Is just, I don't, um, I don't know now. I knew this. Bandai Namco? Yeah, Bandai Namco. Alright, Bandai Namco. Just killing it, man. Just killing it for me. Yeah, it's a real so, shame. Sad. Uh, sad. Japanese developers are getting better at porting to PC, but they're still, like, oftentimes far behind what other people are doing. I mean, that with Elden Ring as well in the same week. I mean, this came out at the end of January, I think. Can't even play Elden Ring on my drum controller. (laughs) No, people definitely have. People definitely have, yeah. I saw someone playing it with a Ring Fit controller the other day. Madness. Uh, I really want someone to play it with a Pokeball controller for Pokemon Let's Go. That doesn't have any buttons. I suppose Ring Fit controller doesn't have any buttons on it. How would you... Oh, okay. That's... um... (laughs) One day. So you've not played any of Psycho... PC game. I've not played any of it, no. I just wanted to complain about it. That's fine. That's what this podcast is here for. Uh, I got a Switch OLED. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you you broke down and got a Switch OLED. Yeah, so um, the Steam Deck reviews came out this, this week, and I had some money set aside to pick up a Steam Deck because I liked the sound of it a lot. And it's got some pretty glowing reviews, to be fair. Um, it says it works basically as you would want it to. However... Uh, the fan is apparently very loud, something I'm very susceptible to. Is, is, um, there is apparently uh, gets very hot uh, to hold as well. And the main issue is that for high-end games, the battery lasts for about an hour and a half, which just isn't long enough. That feels like a very short amount of time. You're actually intending to play it outside. Well, yeah, exactly. Every like I've watched a few video reviews for it where, where people don't even mention the battery like... like time but every like time they're recording the steam deck they've got it plugged in <laughs> and i'm like yeah. oh, okay so you clearly having issues with the battery running out then right and i guess for some people that's not going to matter but i don't want to just play this at home and i don't want to have to constantly worry about whether the particular game i'm playing is going to drain the battery faster like so i uh the digital foundry said that for like a 2d indie game the battery would last six hours and when they're playing like god of war it lasts an hour and a half, and uh, at maximum, and just I can't, I can't be living with constantly having to check the battery life or worrying that it's going to run out because I'm playing. Anxiety through the roof. Exactly. Yeah. So I decided to hold off on the Steam Deck until the Steam Deck Two comes out, which they announced they were working on before the Steam Deck even launched. Of course they are. It's nice to be transparent, but hopefully that'll be the version with the battery battery life. So I had this money to hand. And my Switch, my original Switch that I got on launch day, five years ago today, by the way, five years ago today that the Switch launched, uh, launched um, wow. is Happy birthday, has been slowly bitch. dying. Like it's been it's making... primary school. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's been making a grinding noise from the fan, which I tried opening it up and cleaning it, so that didn't fix it. Uh, as I opened it up, some of the screws just broke, and so parts of it is now held together with sellotape. Um, it only makes the grinding noise from the fan when I'm like holding it portably though. It doesn't do it when I've just got it at the mains. So that's going to die any day. Oh, not any day, but like that's going to die at some point soon. And with how many good Switch games that will be coming out this year, I was like, it would be good to not have it suddenly die and not be able to get a new one when one of those games comes out. So I used my 
Steam Deck money to get a Switch OLED. And that screen is really nice. It's not... Every, like, people ahead of time were like, oh, this is like an upgrade from the DS to the DS Lite. And I don't think it's that level of increase. I mean, it's nice. The ga- games on it look nice. They look crisp. They've got some really good colours. And the brightness is really nice. The speakers sound really good. I really like the kickstand. But it's still a Switch. You know, it's I'm not... If my Switch wasn't dying, this is not... I would not go out and just get a Switch OLED just to have it as because of how much of an upgrade it is, you know? So it's like, um, it's a nice upgrade. It is a nice version of the Switch, but it's still a Switch. And that's my review of the Switch OLED. How does your partner feel about it? She likes it. She thinks it looks good. I showed her a few things. She goes, yeah, it looks good. Oh, that's nice. Dear. And then she went back to her regular Switch. Like some, she she tends to get like she tends to be impressed by things that are genuinely impressive. Like Horizon Forbidden West impressed her. Like, like you, looks very for nice. example. Like me, exactly. Um, <laughs> but Switch OLED, it looks it looks like the Switch, but with crisper image, okay. better colors, and, a, and it's brighter. It's not like it's changing the graphics to be 4K or anything, you know. So that's my thoughts on the switch oled it's not something i would recommend getting if you didn't already own us if you already owned a switch don't get it if you don't already own a switch it's the one you'd probably want to get it's like 20 quid more than a regular switch so that's the switch not bad. oled um you've watched a film i've got, I've got, I've got one little film for you and it's about a video game okay yeah it, that links ha, ha, have you heard a cow of resident evil welcome to raccoon city this is the new netflix film is it prequel? i don't think it's a netflix um is it not no, it's like a prequel isn't it um no it's not a prequel it is a mix of resident evil one and two. Oh, okay with a new no, this wasn't made by Netflix, I don't think. It was produced by... So it's a it's reboot, like produ- reboot of the Resident yeah, Evil film series. Yeah, it is a reboot series. of the Resident Evil film series. Um, and it's a movie that um, has been... It really... No one's fucking seen it. It's really um, flown under the radar. Is it because it's really good? I think it's just, like, not barely being marketed. Okay. Um... So how is it? Yeah, it's okay. It is. If you're a Resident Evil fan, this is like your version of what Warcraft is to us. Really? <laughs> it so it this, is, a is very... this one of those things where it's actually good, even though the reviews are bad. Mm, it, mm, no, okay. Scott, Warcraft no. is actually good. Don't take this. Warcraft, from me. Warcraft, genuine classic. Uh, <laughs> under, underappreciated. <laughs> underappreciated. I, you can trust me. I'm a doctor. Uh, <laughs> Okay, I wouldn't say Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City was good, but it is. It was obviously, in my opinion, written by someone with a great deal of affection for the games, and it very faithfully translates the goofiness of the games and several of the plot elements into film form. Okay. Into movie form. So it, the story is a mix of Resident Evil 1 and 2. It's got your boys, Leon. It's got Jill. It's got Claire. It's got Chris. Oh, Claire? Yeah. I'm not a Resident Evil expert. Um, those, those are all names I recognise. Yep. So they're, they're doing that. And it's got zombies. You don't see a lot of zombies in the movie. The zombies, they turn up and they get shot quite a lot. I think they could have had more zombie threat. 
There's a bit of Nemesis. Wait, they don't show many zombies in the Resident Evil movie. There's a, there's a few zombies, but they... Okay, the zombies turn up and then they get immediately owned. They get just fucking shot. And I feel like they, they the characters never seem to be in that much danger from the zombies. And I feel like they could have had a bit more of danger. So what's it about danger. then? It's about them Resident Eviling. It's about them... Maybe I don't do know what puzzle. Resident Evil's about. They do a puzzle at one point. They, they do, do shoot... They do fight zombies okay. at several points. My complaint is that the zombies, Jess, they don't seem to pose much of a threat to anyone. Uh-huh. There are grasping, like, cringeworthy attempts at social commentary. What sort of social commentary are we talking uh, about? What if Raccoon City Cal was, like, experiencing deindustrialization? What does that mean? <laughs> it means what? What if Umbrella Corporation was like? It's like a Wrecking City in the third movie. It's like a company town. Right. It's like Umbrella was the sole employer, and they pack they outsource to like wherever, and now the town's economically depressed. Okay. What if? Um, what if zombies? Um, they 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 keep in the answer the is zombies. Chief. Yeah, they keep him a police chief who's a paedophile serial killer, yep. even though they don't get into that subplot. Um, <laughs> Wait, one. have you made this up, or is uh, that actually in it? No, that's a natural thing in Resident Evil okay, 2. Okay, all right. chief <laughs> is, is both a paedophile and a serial killer, um, just incidentally. Uh, um, Albert Wesker puts on sunglasses at the end. Of course that's he does. Good. He needs No, he needs to. Uh, and, and they properly build that up. So yeah. Wesker's there, and I'm watching with a big Resident Evil fan. My mate, well, is a big Resident Evil fan, so he's sitting there, and he's like, "Wesker's not wearing sunglasses. Like, what kind of a film is this? <laughs> you know, I can't believe this was written by like a turbo nerd, but like, Wesker's not wearing sunglasses. They they build it up. That's Wesker so gets good. like he gets like blinded. So there's like a mid credit scene where Wesker wakes up in like a lab, and he's like, "My eyes, my eyes." And Ada Wong, secret agent, international yep, woman of yep. history, shows up, and she's like, "It's a side effect of the the, the trauma you suffered." Here, as she gives him some sunglasses, the Wesker sunglasses. Yeah. So, uh, so there we go. Um, Even as a, like a, think... a person who's played maybe one Resident Evil game, I get the yeah. Wesker sunglasses. That's so. It, the, the, I can fully believe this screenplay was sitting on someone's hard drive for like fifteen years waiting <laughs> to get made. Because yeah, it really it was clearly has some real affection for the movies for the games behind it. Um, you know what? I can't say sometimes I a movie it. could just be like a dumb thing, and that's okay. I can't. I can't say I recommend you watch it, but if you're like a Resident Evil fan, you might enjoy it as like a, a fun movie to like riff over. Um, the Resident Evil film franchise has long fascinated me as a film franchise that both predates and now kind of postdates the like 2010 zombie revival. Yeah, they were because just doing zombies, their own thing. The, the popularity of zombies as like a horror villain has kind of died down. Yeah, uh, you still get them, but they're not like it's not like a massive pop culture thing anymore. Well, The Walking Dead so, but, sort of made it, like, sort of, like... Yeah. Peaked it, didn't it? Like, you, I don't think you yeah. can get much more zombie than The Walking Dead. Uh, so, so now, the zombie craze has kind of died down, and Resident Evil's still going. Started in 2002, when zombie movies weren't, like, a, were barely getting made, and you know, zombie movies were, like, an outdated, like, not popular thing. And they went right through the height of the zombie craze, uh, tried to... Uh, Try to include it in the movies. Yeah. Um. And now we're sitting after it, and Resident Evil's still going. So, 
that that that's my brief little review of a movie. Uh, if you're like a big Resident Evil fan, you it probably has enjoyable to have a few drinks and just you know watch it, riff it. Okay, maybe I'll give that a go. Where can people watch it? Um, I don't know. Just whatever, search it, download it. Okay, the internet. I got gotcha. you. The internet. I got gotcha. you. Um. Finally, the last thing for me is I made a new Game Over Order Up video where I made Potato Mochi mochi from Pokemon Legends Arceus. It turns out that's how you say it, by the way, Arceus, as you'll find out in the video. Um, I, I watched part of the Arceus movie to, to figure that out. Uh, not a good movie. Um, yeah, so I've, I've done a little cooking video there where I, I cook this Potato mo- Mochi and I do a small review of the game. Another good one, I think. Another good one of those videos that I do. So go to the youtube.com forward slash nerdandorgeek and you'll be able to watch that video. <laughs> please, please watch it. And maybe share it with your friends if you want to. Uh, Scott says it's really good. Hey, Scott. Yeah. Absolutely. I think YouTube didn't tell me it was uploaded. Right, you, just, you just ignored my Instagram, Twitter and Facebook then. Well, I don't. I follow you on Instagram. I don't free Twitter. <laughs> I barely go on Facebook. Yeah, same. So I go on Facebook specifically to post these things. Um, well, now you've got something to li- watch after the podcast. Lucky you. Same with everyone else. Uh, that's the end of the things that we've been doing. Should we go on to the news? Yeah, why not? There's been some stuff going on in the world this this past couple of weeks, Scott. Um, yeah, there, re- there really has. Some not great stuff. Is an understatement. I don't really know how to. Did Did you want to get into this on the well? Podcast, we're or? getting into it specifically because the first news story is about it. Um, so there's, there's the Russian invasion of Ukraine. We're not getting into it. We don't need to talk about it necessarily so much. Um, but the Ukrainian Ukraine game developers have spoke out in face of the Russian invasion, which is very good and brave for them to do so. Uh, video game developers based in Ukraine have spoken out to miss the ongoing invasion of their country by Russia. Ukraine is home to Stalker developer, GSC Game World, The Sinking City and Sherlock Holmes studio Frogwares and Savarian maker Vostok Games among others. Ubisoft has two studios in the country, including in its capital, Kiev. Uh, the makers of G- GSC Game World and makers of Stalker said, our country woke up with the sounds of explosions and weapons fire, but is ready to defend its freedom and independence while calling to be a- for aid to be sent to Ukraine's armed forces. The future is unknown, but we hope for the best, are ever sure of our armed force and our belief in Ukraine. Um, Ubisoft provided the following statement to Eurogamer regarding its studios in Kiev and Port City, Odessa. The safety and and well-being of our team members is always our primary concern. We are monitoring the situation closely and have already already implemented several measures to help keep our teams in Ukraine safe. We are also providing assistance and aid to all team members. We don't have more details to share at this time, but we'll continue to monitor and adjust to the situation as it, it evolves. Um, just a lot of support now coming out for obviously the people in UK, Ukraine, the support from us as well. Just an absolutely devastating situation all around. Um, so our thoughts go yeah, to them. But, I mean, yeah. I've, do you want to put in the description? Yeah, I'll put resources. a link to some resources. Um, and uh, yeah, fuck Putin um, and fuck the invasion. I, I can't, you know. Say much more than that, really. Yeah, 
um, uh, other than that anyone who supports Russia at this time should be fired, like the World of Tanks creative director. Oh my god, he said it. He's, you know? Um, so World of Tanks creative director Sergei Berkatovsky uh, has been fired by Studio Wargaming after publicly supporting Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which is madness. I mean, one read the room to start with, but two, don't support Russia. In an undeleted Facebook post, he wrote that he supported the operation of the armed forces of the Russian Federation, the DPR, Donetsk People's Republic, uh, and the LPR, Luhansk People's Republic. A day later, he followed up with a post saying he broke up with the VG, with VG translating to WG and reverting to studio Wargaming. Wargaming has since confirmed in a statement to PC Gamer that he is no longer employed. He expressed, his per- he expressed his personal opinion on social media, which categorically does not reflect the position of the country, Cunch company. Uh, it might reflect a position of some countries. I don't know. He has been let go and is no longer at the company. Uh, the studio, the Kiev studio, then made a donation to of thirty million hryvnia, which is about one million dollars, to the Ukrainian Red Cross in in response to the Russian invasion. So that's what's going on. That's yeah, that's well. that's how. That's our link into the events of the world today. It's, it feels very weird talking about. I don't like it. Uh, it's 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 a touchy time right now. Um, Epic Games in the news for oh, yeah. not bad things this time. Well, there's there's one there's one bad thing, but there's one not bad thing. Well, there's one not bad thing and one maybe bad thing. Uh, they're making hundreds of their temporary testers into full employees with benefits. Well, that's all right, isn't it? It's pretty good. Uh, as companies go, that's people I, I'd seem them the people seem pretty pleased with this. There's been the, the employees themselves. Some of them are posting to Twitter and seem pretty pleased with this. Uh, they're hiring its U.S.-based contingent workers full time and with benefits. Uh, they're extending the offer to qualify to quality assurance testers as well as other eligible contract-based employees. Um, they're offering full-time at-will employment to eligible U.S.-based contingent workers, and many of those offers will be effective April 4th, 2022. Um, Epic spokesperson Elka Lux told The Verge that the game developer will hire a few hundred of its contractors and that most but not all are quality assurance QA testers. So there you go. That's pretty good. That's that's some. It's, be, it's better than the opposite. It's better now, than the opposite. It's better than the whole Raven, they, so- they Raven should... software laying off all their Q, QA workers and whatnot. So now they should still unionize. They should still. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Be good. Um, yes. Uh, so that's some positive from all this. They've done something else this week, Scott. Do you want to read the next story about us? Yeah, a, a company so... that has joined Epic Games. Company that's joined the Epic Games family. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, Bandcamp, G- uh, good website. independent. Uh, yeah, music it was sales. like an indie website yeah. that basically you could buy music, and and the, the appeal was, you know, the great majority of your the money would go directly to artists yep. who would uh, who could use it um, for making living and making more music. Probably, uh, Bandcamp is joining net Epic an average of eighty two percent of every sale. Yes. Uh, Bandcamp's joining Epic Games. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, so, you know, there, there's like a press release on the Bandcamp website where they kind of say, they go through the, the usual stuff. So, you know, they're saying that they're going to continue as is, 
Um, they say that artists are still going to get the uh, you know the the high rates that they get from sales. Uh, you know, you'll still get the same things, but you know they're told they're, they're giving it obviously the positive yeah. about how they're going to work with Epic to you know expand and so on. Um, but you know. Who knows? Maybe, you know, that's from Ethan Diamond, the, the CEO. And maybe Ethan Diamond really means it. But obviously, if Epic now owns them, they can just do what they like, can't they? There are two so things got- I will consider with this. One is that um, when Epic made loads of money from Fortnite, they retroactively paid out a load of money to people who had sold things through or made things for the Unreal Engine 4. Um, which was was a, a good thing, you know. So at the, very, at the very least, they are not hesitant in doing the sort of thing where people who actually make stuff get the money that they that they are owed. On the flip side, uh, a lot of people who work at Bandcamp suddenly made their Twitter accounts either private or deactivated them entirely following this news coming out. So <laughs> it could go either way. Yeah, I mean, like, it's no secret that Epic Games obviously has aspirations yes. to be something beyond a game development studio, even a very successful one. And, you know, while the going is good right now, while they're eager to expand, they're eager to generate good PR, you know, that can have some benefits for, for creators. You know, yeah. maybe it'll be all right. Uh, but I think we should definitely remember corporations aren't our friends what if it becomes within yeah and if it becomes within epic's interest to like shaft you they will so you know right now you can there's some benefits and that's fine you know that's all right but let's not forget but what the nature of the relationship between epic games and um and epic in you know Bandcamp now Bandcamp epic epic um, Bandcamp. Yeah. Yeah. Bandcamp will get the first billing in the name. It's alphabetical order. Oh, of course. course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like Smith Klein Beecher. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I do. Forget- I do wonder the reasoning Epic would have to buy Bandcamp. Um, yeah. Do they want their own Spotify service? Yeah. Like, do that's, they turn that's Bandcamp what I was into thinking. that? Do, do, do they want. Because are they going to try and do to Spotify what they've been doing to Steam, which is trying to, like, be like, ah, oh, we're the good music streaming service. We pay our artists, you know, more money. I wouldn't mind Spotify. that. But that's fine. And again, better than the opposite, yeah. I guess. But at it's the hard same to time, be. Wor- I mean, Spotify I use uh, out of convenience, and, better, and this but, and this podcast is on um, Spotify. And Spotify, if you want to um, put a podcast on the front page, you're more than welcome to. However, you're dickheads. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. Yeah, so like I like I said, if you're a creator, now's probably the time to get in because you know this is the time they'll probably give the most, but don't don't sign away the, the farm. The yeah. Cow, I suppose this I suppose this does leave um a gap for another independent sort of music service to come in. Maybe. Well we'll just see how that goes. Yeah. Maybe we can do it, Cal. What what do we need? Oh, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you what. Where would even start? All right, set, send your cassette tapes into <laughs> P.O. Box Nerd Underworld Geek. Yeah, that's our P.O. Box is London W One. Oh, it's going to you, is it? <laughs> it's going to our London. I don't live in W One. It's going to go into our. We obviously this podcast. We can afford to maintain an office in um in the West End of London. Yeah, so why not? None of us live there. <laughs> 
Yeah. We 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 know we have a secretary there who yeah. answers the phone and she's got a New York accent so she says, Oh hello. Yeah. No Nerd and or Geek Podcast. <laughs> I can't do a New York oh, like a Brooklyn accent. But you know what what do you want? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> Nerd and or Geek Podcast. Um They'll you know, play that's it she- and say it. <laughs> so that's what she's doing. So that's we and you know, kind of like I, stop, I never learned her name. What's, what's her name? Uh, her her name is Brandy with an I. Brandy with an I. Yeah, of course. Brand, yeah. Brandy. Brandy. Um, she always said and, her and, name and like, we, like I'm Brandy. <laughs> and we, you know, Kat and I sometimes stop off there, you know, in between going to expensive West End restaurants and, and um, our private theatre boxes, you know. Uh, <laughs> and occasionally recording a podcast. Yeah, that's but, the sort of person who goes in private theatre boxes, the person who has money specifically set aside to hopefully be able to afford a console at some point. That, that's the sort of lifestyle a small time podcast. Yeah. <laughs> We're not even small time. We are. We are. I don't even know what you'd say we were, but fun time. That's what we are. Uh, there's been other. Uh, that's not the only merger. Well, I mean, this this, this merger in the was powered business work. This... I, I'm picturing you, Cal. I'm picturing you um, at your job. Obviously, you were actually home with COVID. Yes. Uh, but I'm picturing you. You're still wearing like a full suit. Yeah. Um, and a waistcoat. I never uh, wear a full like... suit. I wear a shirt and jeans. And you've got like a little ticker tape yeah. coming out of like um of a of a of a big IBM like 1970s style computer with like with like the, the the spinning tape and you've got like a little ticker tape coming out and you you um you read it and you're like oh epic buys Bandcamp oh um, um, you know get on your phone and you're like Maury Maury sell 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 <laughs> sell Bandcamp <laughs> and then you're um. Then you the ticker tape comes out a little bit more. It goes, and like it, and then you're like, what? <laughs> Another merger? Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! Uh, get get a line onto my broker in Tokyo. <laughs> I've got to. Um. So Sony last year bought Crunchyroll. Sony already owned Funimation, or was it the other way around? Whatever way around it was, they bought the other one. And then this week they announced that Funimation will be merging into Crunchyroll um, to make the world's largest anime library. And that surprises me because I thought in the West, or I mean, I suppose everywhere, this is this is a, both of them are for the West. But for me, at the very least, Funimation was the bigger brand. Um, but everything Funimation-wise is now being merged into Crunchyroll. Everything that was exclusive to Funimation is going to be within Crunchyroll. You're now no- only going to need one subscription, which is good, because I did currently have two for both of them, um, in order to be able to see all the anime you could possibly want on Crunchyroll. And it's just uh, a big old thing that has rocked the anime world. It, it makes it pretty monolithic, really, in terms of anime streaming services. I mean, they own them both anyway. Yeah, so <laughs> you you change your story to that they own both now, or no? So Sony owned both of them anyway. Okay. Sony did own, and now, they're officially... and now they've just merged them both together. Officially merging. Yeah, okay. so they they bought both of them last year, which was the monolithic monopoly move. Let's not try these big words now. Uh, monopoly move. Uh, have you noticed that like the further into the podcast we get? the less I can say words. It's because we choose to do this in an evening. And also in one go with no breaks. Um, <laughs> whereas most podcasts do a break at some point, but whatever, we're giving you the, the good stuff straight from the source. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about this because I like 
Funimation. I, I know it's just a wrapper around the anime itself coming out, but it's I'm used to that app, and I'm used to the way that they do things, and I, I'm scared, Scott. I'm scared. You're scared it won't be the same. I'm scared it won't be the same. I, I, I pay for both anyway, and I, I like that I'm only going to have to pay for one of them now. Um, but it's just going to be a bit messy. So Crunchyroll separates all their stuff by... Like they sep- they separate their dubs into different seasons. So like you go onto a show, let's say like My Hero Academia, and then it's got like season one, two, three, four, five, season one English dub, season one Spanish dub, season one French dub, season two English. It's just a whole like messy thing. Whereas on Funimation, you could just go onto the episode and choose what language you, language you want wanted on the episode. I hope this won't impact the actual dubbing of things either, because Funimation had their own in-house dubbers, which I imagine will carry on, but Crunchyroll never really wasn't really focused that much on dubbing. Like they their whole thing was we'll have an episode up an hour after it airs in Japan, which is very cool. And it's been great for later series of Attack on Titan, but I don't know. It's um I what me and my partner watch a lot of anime. We've got two shows on the go one right now. We've actually just finished Naruto. Uh, the whole thing. The original Naruto, not started Shippuden, but the original Naruto, we've just finished. So that's, you know, we watch we watch a lot of we watch a lot of anime. Um, so this directly impacts my life and my my time with my partner. <laughs> it really impacts. It's not just your whole relationship. Part of like what you're saying. What what you're saying, Cal, is that your upcoming wedding is on the line. <laughs> if this goes bad, Scott, <laughs> I don't know what's what's going to happen to me. Um, I mean, part of what part of what me and my partner. Um, bonded over was anime. Uh, she like I'd seen so, I'd seen Dragon Ball and Cowboy Bebop and things, and she'd seen all this other stuff. And we just shared these things with us, and maybe got even more into anime together. And so it was like a big part of our relationship. So what you're saying is, hold off on getting that suit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Don't get your uh, see how it see how it goes. Don't get your Dragon Ball suit just yet. Oh yeah, in my wedding, everyone's gonna be wearing. Um, is is that if you want? Uh, you want to wear like a Dragon Ball the the the, the garb. You know the gu- garb. You know the clothes the that Goku wears. What's it called? The, a, a... Um, oh, um, martial arts. Uh, oh, there's like a real. They they mention it, don't they? Um, martial arts clothes. <laughs> Martial arts clothes. I want to say a, a ghillie, but that's not true. That's not what it's called. A geese? geese? Oh, so it is a geese, a, a geese thing. G-I-S? I don't know. Dragon Ball martial arts tournament? Martial arts clothes. Um, yeah, like a, a geese? A geese. That's it. Okay, very good. I was close. Alright, cool. Um, yeah, so we're all going to wear those those clothes and have a big fight, are we? Yeah. I mean, what I'm asking, Cal, is at your wedding, you want to be get it, take doing your vows, game, and then you want me to burst in yep. the door, dressed in like an alien costume, and be like, ha ha ha. Yeah. You you thought you'd seen the last of me. You thought you'd Cal, seen the last Goku. of me. <laughs> yeah. That's what I want. It's got to fight, yeah. Yeah, and then we got to fight. I'm that, going. That was a. I, I, that was. A, I, I walk over to where your like mum is sitting <laughs> and like tip her out of her chair and say, "I'm going Super Saiyan." <laughs> ah, that was like a real thing for a while with like weddings, where like, especially when like Marvel, what is it, was at its peak, and I suppose it's sort of also at its peak, but when like uh, I I say I saw so many videos where people would like do a fake. 
superhero fights during their wedding. And when, when when cringe nerd culture. Yeah, was when cringe. Yeah, that's it. Cringe nerd culture was like this thing. Um, and it was always be like all the men and things, all the groomsmen would be like suddenly rip off their suits to be in like superhero outfits, and the wife would just be like, "Go get them, babe." Like it, it's it's just like she was clearly not that into it, but we just sort of. Can do- you have a life event that's divorced from pop culture? Uh, no, no, apparently not. You're you're not gonna obviously. I I did last time. And I yeah, will, and I, I, I mean, will this time. I'll, I'll I'll do it at your brother's wedding as well. He won't even know. <laughs> probably why he's not invited you. <laughs> <laughs> he knew what you'd do. Um, yeah, so if I make sure to crunch your roll, don't mess this up, please. <laughs> a wedding's on the line. Yeah, yeah my marriage is on <laughs> Not another one. Uh, speaking of not another one, new Pokemon. Oh, my God. Yeah, um, could we go? Could a guy walk down the street without being offered a Pokemon game? <laughs> There's a, apparently not. This, this was a surprise announcement. This was a so there was apparently a, it was a Pokemon Day. It was Pokemon Day on Sunday, which is the twenty sixth, twenty seventh of February. Was that Sunday or Saturday? About the sat- Saturday. Sunday. Saturday. Sunday. Yeah. Saturday was twenty eighth. Twenty seventh of February was Sunday. So Monday was the twenty eighth. Yes. Sunday was. <laughs> We've got to stop doing these in the evening. Twenty seventh of February was Sunday, which is Pokemon Day, which is the anniversary of the release of Pokemon Red and Green in Japan, and so they held a Pokemon sort of direct style thing where they went went through some of the things that are coming to different games. So they talked about the free DLC for Pokemon Legends Arceus. Um, they talked about some stuff coming to Diamond and Pearl, some stuff coming to Pokemon Masters, that weird Gacha game on the phone. Um, didn't mention Pokemon Sleep still. It's been a couple of years since they mentioned that. What's going on with Pokemon Sleep? Um, but then at the end of it, they were like, and here's one more announcement. And no one was expecting a new generation of Pokemon game this soon. We've just had Pokemon Legends just, Arceus. just released one. Literally a month ago. They, they just released <laughs> they one. They literally just released one. Um, and it turns out the full new generation Pokemon game, Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet, are coming out late 2022. Very soon. So in the space of one yeah. year, we've got three Pokemon games. Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl, Pokemon Legends Arceus, and now Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet. And you know what? It looks pretty good. But look, I, t- I told you this, Cal. Like, the logo look. You showed me the logo. And the logo looks better with the yellow. Because you need... On a colour wheel, right? You look at a colour wheel. Scarlet is red. That's like one quarter of the way towards orange. Yeah. And Violet, it's just they they sit they're quarters different on the color wheel, and you you need they need to be complementary, but they they're not. But if you put the yellow in, then they're third, they're kind of thirds around the color wheel, nearly maybe, and that looks a lot better. But I feel like Scarlet and Violet, it should be Scarlet and like Cyan. But that wouldn't or, be the Spanish or Violet second and Tan. Spanish Federation. Well, black, would it? I don't. I don't know what to say about the Second Spanish Republic, but I do <laughs> know my colours. So these are games that are set in a world, a, a region that seems to be based off of Spain. I think it looks quite nice. Uh, obviously, it doesn't look spectacular because it seems to be. It seems to be building off of the Pokemon Legends Arceus engine to the point where now I'm like, maybe Pokemon Legends Arceus was like their tech demo in a way. Um, the gameplay looks to be along those lines as well. So rather, but rather than just like a big empty world uh, where you're sort of discovering it for the first time, 
you've got the whole traveling from place to place, doing gyms and things like you do in a normal Pokemon game, but with that big open world as well, which is... Why are they based on the second Spanish Republic? Look, I, mean, I guess the modern Spanish flag is just red and, yeah, red and yellow. They've had, they've had red yeah, and they've yellow. Yeah, they've actually done that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And they can't do it based on any of the fascist flags. No. So second Spanish Republic. I guess, is yeah, I guess scarlet and violet. It is. Yeah. Uh, I think it looks good. I think it looks nice. I'm cautiously optimistic about it. I think the main character looks like a dweeb. He's got, he's got like they, they, they've got these little school outfits on with these high-waisted shorts and this stupid little hat. Um, but no, I, I like I like the look of it. They've changed they've changed the art style up a bit, which is interesting. But I suppose the main thing to focus on is the new starter Pokemon. We've got Sprigatito, a grass cat Pokemon, the capricious attention-seeking grass cat Pokemon. We've got Fucoco, who looks like a little uh, pepper dinosaur. It's a laid-back firecock Pokemon that does things at its own pace. And then everybody's favourite, Quaxly, the earnest and tidy duckling Pokemon, which is like a little duck with a pompadour. I'm, I'm going to have Donald Duck. I forgot that modern-day Spain is not a republic, it's a kingdom. Yes. Spain does have a king. Wait, oh. republics uh, don't have a king or queen, do they? No, republic means that they're monarchs. So how, how do they... Do places go back to monarchy? So, Cal, how much do you know about the history of Spain? Not very much. <laughs> Not very much. Uh, the answer is, they, they did indeed. They had a monarch, then they didn't. Uh, various various things happened. Then they <laughs> had a monarch happened. again for a bit, yeah. and then they didn't. And then the fascists took over, and then they... Then the fascists made it a kingdom under the fascists, and then the king restored democracy. <laughs> Very good, and, and it's still a kingdom. So he, he, he restored democracy, but on the basis of he still gets to be king. Uh, so, so, so basically, Franco, the, the Spanish dictator, towards the end of his life, um, he basically didn't trust anyone in his inner circle because they were all like, they, they were all less competent than him, and he was pretty incompetent. So he um, he restored the monarchy in an attempt to boost his popularity, which it did for a while. Uh, but he didn't trust anyone in his inner circle to um, to continue, like, the, the Franco estate. Uh, so he named the king as his successor, and the king was just like, I'm going to restore democracy, this is too much work. <laughs> uh, so, you know, fair, fair enough to that king. Maybe a lesson, but, a lesson but, Putin but, could but take he, right now. But he, but he didn't stop being king. Okay. He wasn't like, I'm going to abdicate. He's like, I'll just have, we'll have some democracy, but I'm going to be king, thanks. So if we end up getting rid of our monarchy, which is a conversation yeah. we should probably have, there's a chance that now, in the future someone will just put it back. I guess so. If, uh, if the popular will was there, yeah, they could restore the monarchy. It happened in France as well, and then it happened. Okay. Well, they unhappened for a very different reason in France. I don't think anyone would want to go near a monarchy in that again, would they? <laughs> Off with their heads. Uh, you bet there are still pretenders to the French throne. Really? And the Bonaparte throne, yeah. Although, what, what's um, what's quite sad is that the the current heir to the House of Bonaparte is just like a banker. The House of what? It's the, the House of Bonaparte. Bonaparte? You know Nap- Napoleon Bonaparte? Bonaparte. Yeah, Napoleon... <laughs> What you've not? What, what are you uh, saying? It's got the word boner in it, Scott. 
Go home, boner. Mate, that's what we should have just said when Napoleon was trying to take over Europe. <laughs> I'm, uh, what like, I'm suggesting is, right... Bonaparte, and he'd be like, mon dieu. I'm suggesting something similar for Putin, actually, where we call him Tutin Putin, the farty boy. We called him Pistain. <laughs> that sounds a bit like Putin. Yeah, that that will really get Tutin it. Tutin Putin, uh, the farty if, boy. All, all I'll say is calling him names worked on Trump. It did. Uh, so It works. It did, no, it didn't. It works. Proof is in the... In the the, the and, hang on, and, hang and on, Batman hang on! I've got a joke never here. I've got a joke here. Yeah. You ready for this? Yeah, right, I'm ready. The proof is in the Putin. Way, all right. <laughs> Fuck him, that dickhead. Yeah, more dickhead. Anyway, um, the point is, he Putin will not. Well, we're assuming Putin will not feature in the latest Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hope not. Jesus Christ! Uh, notably, not set in Russia. Yes, thankfully. Um, no, it looks nice. Looks good. Uh, that final picture in the in the main website that I sent across to you of the little Pikachu fighting that uh, Axew? No, that's not an Axew. Lava Lavatar. Lavatar is what it's called. Uh, I think that looks really good. It looks nice. Um, looks better than Pokemon Legends Arceus, that's for sure. Would be hard not to. Alright. There's some other stuff going on on Nintendo Switch. Sort of released... As a surprise, uh, yesterday was the they've added, and you know, like some some consoles have achievements. Nintendo Switch has added online missions and rewards, uh, where you earn platinum points to unlock new user elements, such as like display pictures, which is pretty cool. Um, so you know, there's platinum points you get if you're filling in surveys after you buy a game. Yeah. Uh, you, there's now quests you can do to get more of those. And you can spend them on images for your your little Switch person. So you can buy All there's, right. there's some Mario Odyssey this month uh, available until fourth of April because it rotates every single month. You've got some Mario Odyssey pictures, and you've got some Animal Crossing pictures of the animals that are all having birthdays this month. I don't know. I just thought it was a neat little thing to just suddenly release out of nowhere. Yeah, sure. Why not? Nice. Do you have to pay for it? No, it's free. It's part of a Nintendo Online subscription. So, so you just pay for it. Uh, officially, yes, but if you've already got the subscription, then no. You, Scott, you don't have to pay for it, Scott. I guess not. I'm on you're on my family. family you're my daddy yeah. now. My father. <laughs> I'm your Nintendo daddy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the name. That's the episode title. I'm your Nintendo daddy. Um, and then finally, final news stories. We've got two strike news stories. One is video game related, and one is not. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. Scott, tell me about... You're the strike, man. Yeah. Tell me about the Gizmodo Media Newsroom strike. Gizmodo. Gizmodo is a media outlet. Yes. Um, that... This website's not loading <laughs> for me. Um, yeah, go, so that Gizmodo's a media outlet uh, at which some workers are unionised. Uh, well, Gizmodo yeah, in, yeah. includes the website GMG. It includes the websites Gizmodo. Jalopnik, Jezebel, Kotaku, Lifehacker, and The Root. Um, and since then, the G- so since January 31st, the GMG union uh, and has been meeting. Uh, basically, the, the company's um, the company management and the outside council they've hired have uh, sort of just delayed, um, have just not refused to talk about like union proposals. Yes. Uh, because they're bargaining for contracts. Yep. Uh, so they they are striking. So as they didn't get these, they didn't go forward with the conversations. They are now striking. 
Um, and so you will not see anything coming out of those. So, so basically, for a while. here's what management's doing. They're, they're refusing to guarantee that like healthcare benefits will continue, which is fucking low. Um, you will... Um, their, their low-balling salaries, despite cost of inflation increases, which is a theme that will continue. Um, basically, they, there's a, their contracts include a lot of social media gags, which they don't like. What does that um, mean? It means, so, um, the website says, management insists on including no social media campaigns in the strike clause. You know what that means? No mean tweets about Jim Spanfeller and our poor working conditions. Okay, okay. So they're basically trying to enforce like contracts which mean they can't um they can't basically talk on social media uh, even during the strike um they're assisting on returning to office despite covid still very much being a, a problem yep um they're not really taking any action on diversity um concerns in the workplace and they're basically um refu- they're, they're refusing to codify um so many of our colleagues were remote workers before COVID-19 changed our lives and management refuses to codify their remote positions. Uh, so basically they want protections for remote workers to stay remote and not have your work say you've got to come in to office tomorrow and by the way, it's halfway across the country. Yeah, God, terrible. So they are now unionising um, Yukuzonates to support them. I'll put another... I'll put a... A link for that as well. I know there's there's a few things we might want to consider donating to this. A bloody lot going on, lot in, the going world. on in the world. Um, but none of it lessens the rest of it. You know, that's the that's yeah. the important thing. Everyone's struggling out here. If everyone's struggling for different reasons, so I'll put a link for that. Uh, but support your GMG union workers. I'm a big fan of Kotaku. I don't read the others, but Kotaku especially is is a site I often go to for news and opinions. I think they do good stuff. So very much supporting those workers not that i wouldn't support them if it didn't do good do good stuff everyone deserves to work at a place that likes and respects them and treats them like humans speaking of is there another place that maybe isn't treating their workers yeah. properly? well actually we, we've got we've got loads of union news and oh i like how i'm making union news like an ongoing just part of a podcast but we're gonna do it uh first of all i linked you to this earlier major victory for outsource nhs worker at Barts. yep uh, so Bart's NHS Trust uh, is located in. Let me just double check where it's actually located. Uh, it's based in Lo- in London. It runs five hospitals in the City of London in East London, one of the largest NHS trusts in England. And uh, NHS workers under Unite the Union have been striking um, and in tr- basically trying to end outsourcing. Right, cleaners, porters, security guards, domestic staff working at Bart's Health Group of Hospitals. Uh, are to benefit from NHS pay terms and conditions. Um, what does that mean? 1,800 NHS workers employed by the outsourcer Serco will be going into NHS employment. So before this, 1,800 workers at the across five hospitals were by employed by an outsourcing agency called Serco, and basically they just they didn't have it as good as the NHS workers at these hospitals, despite doing the same yep. job. So they didn't have the same pay. They didn't have as good a terms and conditions. Uh, so there's a two-week strike from 31st of Jan to 30th of February this year um, to demand improved pay and an end of, to bullying and end to injustice in a two-tier workforce in the workplace. And as of Wednesday, 2nd of March, the Trust Board has confirmed uh, that all Serco services will be brought back in-house when the current contract with Serco expires at the end of April 2023. Well, that's good. So 
A major victory, yeah, massive. Got to support those strikers, uh, man. Got to. Yep. So that's uh, that is an li- um, amazing victory, and I think uh, a demonstration of what can happen um, when workers stick together. And what else has been happening? Uh, so stagecoach bus. Uh, you remember riding the stagecoach, don't you, Cal? I do. Um, uh, we've got the here sta- as well. Stagecoach is a bus operator that operates across the UK, uh, but this is um, a dispute uh, in Gloucestershire, in Wiltshire, and in Bristol as well. Um, circuit, um, stagecoach, in response to the um, the cost of living increase, uh, with many drivers, bus drivers for stagecoach, earning under £11 an hour, um, stagecoach have offered, in response to the cost of living rise, uh, a, one, a one-off payment of £400. Nice. <laughs> that's the stuff. Uh, that's pretty pathetic. Yep. Uh, so in in response, uh, bus drivers going on strike from 10th of March to the 9th of April. A full month of that's strike. A, that's a, wait, so just no buses then running in that time? Uh, yeah, well, uh, um, unless any scabs come in. But yeah. Um, if it, uh, the Swind- I would say the Swindon branch um, had got a 98% yes vote to strike action. Brilliant. So yeah. that's pretty massive. Uh, yeah, so solidarity with uh, stagecoach drivers. I hope I will get down to the picket um, in Swindon at some point to, to um, support them there. And yeah, we'll link that news story as well. But uh, really a horrible uh, stagecoach, which is a company which is very profitable. Um, it made a profit of 58.4 million um, in the last year. And it has £875 million of available liquidity. Right. It could quite easily cover, uh, help drivers with cost of living costs, give pay rises, and it is just not doing I it. I always so. just liked riding the, riding the bus when I was down in Swindon um, because I had to do it all the time. But you know what? Those buses are pretty good. Pretty good services down there. So Swindon has a pretty robust yeah, public it has. Um, and then it wasn't until yeah. I came up here where I realised just how shit some of the bus situation can be. Um, thankfully, that is all being... Up in Manchester, all the buses, all the different bus companies are being brought in-house <laughs> under the ownership of yeah, Manchester. Um, so that's something, at least. Well, it's uh, not nationalised because it's just one Solidarity to the RMT strikers in London. I don't know if you were paying attention to the news, but Tuesday and Thursday this it. past week, there was a complete um, tube strike in London and no tube services ran. Good. Either day. Uh, and that's today, actually. That's today that's happening, and was Tuesday. Yeah, brought capital to its knees. That's the power of the workers. First so, it was the wind, uh, then it was the workers. Let's, uh, yeah, let's hope. Uh, and my, my friend Will texted me uh, jokingly. He was like, just to let you know, Scott, your precious union stopped me from getting my copy <laughs> of Elden Ring today. <laughs> Buy it digitally. Come off of it. It's because there's absolutely no problems with digital stuff. No, sense. exactly. Nothing wrong at and, all. Anyway... So Solidarity with Strikes, that has been Union News. That has been Union News, your, and that's how we're wrapping up the podcast, apart from a question of the week. Question oh of the God. week. Scott, would you rather be covered in fur or f- covered in scale- scales? Oh, fur. Easily. Really? I hate dry I hate dry skin. No, scales aren't like, dry. Scale doesn't have to be dry. doesn't have to be. It would remind me of dry like skin. Scales like, you know, uh, like what, a lizard has. No, I, I like I like my skin to be smooth, to be supple, to be soft, uh, and I think fur would just add to that effect. Whereas I think scales 
Would it's not not what I want to See, be. Fur, I think I would avoid because I don't like getting hot, and I would have no choice. As a Middle Eastern man, I'm already quite yeah, hairy. That's true. As it is, yeah, that's a good so point. I don't think it would be that much of a change for me. If I could cover myself in scales, I would remove all of my clothes and travel everywhere by cutting into a ball and rolling around like an armadillo. Yeah, you you sliver like a snake. No, I'd roll around like an armadillo. That's how I'd get around. Okay. Just like a little ball. <laughs> yeah. Little naked scale man. Uh, that's the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Please check out the stuff in the bio for places where you can donate some of your rich, rich money. You've got if going you spare and able, but to to help out some of these causes, um, or you know, there's there's a lot of stuff going on. You'd have to donate money, but give your support either way. I've been Cal Doughty, joined as always by Scott Hunter. Scott, if people want to find you on the internet, where can they find you? Uh, you can check out my Instagram, um, Scott V A H on Instagram. I've I've got Scott Hunter Studios as well for painting. I do put some photos of painting on there sometimes. And that's just about... You'll find me on the nearest picket line, apart from that. The nearest picket line to them. Where, where, where Wherever the there's a picket line. Hardest, there will I be. <laughs> if but three of you gather in my name, I shall be there among you. In your, it's got to be in your name, though. This picket's got to have a yeah. Scott Hunter stamp on it. <laughs> Scott Hunter branded picket line. Um... I am Cal Doughty. You can find me on Twitter at Cal Doughty, C-A-L-D-O-U-G-H-T-Y. You can go to the Nerd and Geek YouTube page, Nerd and Geek YouTube page, where we've got my new... It's all right there, isn't it's it? It's good on there. We've got some good cooking videos and the good re- good video game videos on there. The, a new one every month, because it takes me about 30 hours to do, I, I, to do these videos, Scott. Video production is not it easy, It takes a it? long time, and that's basically a full week of it, work that I'm doing. Do, when you do that, do you flash back to every time as like a teenager, you told a webcomic artist to stop being lazy? Yeah. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> yeah, it's... um, It was his job, though. Uh, <laughs> oh, teenagers! <laughs> oh, teenagers don't know anything. Teenagers don't know anything. Yeah, go check out this youtube.com forward slash nerdandorgeek. If you would like, if you want to support this podcast, give us a review or a little, a little, a fate, a little like. You can on Spotify, you can leave the stars, uh, rate it five stars if you want to. On Apple, you can give it a review and give it some stars, I think. I don't know how other podcast apps work, but if you're on a podcast app right now and you've listened this far, and I know people do, I see the statistics. Maybe just give it a little... Boop, five boop, of them, mate. Five, five stars. stars. Unless it goes up to ten, then give it ten. Yeah, uh, that's the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. See you in two weeks' time. Right, solidarity forever. Goodbye. Goodbye.